We have so many amazing mothers. Jean's certainly one of them. Uh, it was an awesome day. Uh, this last Wednesday, we were at Eastgate with the, the mobile market, and obviously our youth pastor, uh, Justin, was out there with his OSHA-approved sandals. <laughs> Do you know uh, Justin? Um, we, we had a wonderful time, and, and I really want to reiterate on these Fifth Sunday offerings, we've allocated 100% of our offerings on our fifth Sundays to go to uh, several different uh, ministries, benevolence ministries. We've worked with seven Har- Second Harvest for these um, uh, mobile markets and also the Tri-Cities Food Bank and also um, with um, Honduras, our, our uh, ministry in Honduras, we're building right now a bunch of emergency housing after all of the storms. Uh, we're going to add a couple partners uh, this year. We've been doing this for a year, and we've relooked at. Uh, we're going to continue the ministries that we worked with, but we're adding. Uh, every month, we'll be supporting um, Mirror Ministries, works with um, tra- trafficking here in the Tri Cities and also with Grace Clinic. And I just thank you so much uh, for all that you are doing to support this community and uh, beyond through those offerings. Also, really excited, uh, Pastor Trevor is back here from Africa. We'll be hearing more about him, but he came in, uh, flew in last night from Africa, and boy, is his arms tired. (laughs) Couldn't resist, couldn't resist. There is not enough coffee in the world. Um, Also... Um, really excited for next week. We're starting a new series. Um, been, been pretty excited about this. Uh, you know, if, so w- what do you think when you, when you think of looking at Jesus? I, I think this is a really important thing for us to think about. What, what is the goal when we spend time looking at Jesus? And, you know, the, there's a gift that we've been given, and I don't think we make enough out of this gift, and that's the 27 books of the New Testament. Uh, If we had one book of the New Testament, we would have a single dimensional picture, portrait of Jesus. But we have 27 different um, perspectives on Jesus. And and they all have something very, very unique to share. And they're they're people who are reflecting on Jesus. And and as we reflect on what they've, they've written, and we spend more and more time, and each has a unique perspective. I think this is really critical. We get a multi-dimensional portrait, but also uh, we start to reflect more and more Jesus and to the world around us. And so we're going to spend some time with um, some of the major books of the Bible. We'll look at all four Gospels. And what is, what is their unique portrait that they're trying to provide of Jesus and Paul's work and uh, several other Hebrews, Revelation. I, I'm really excited about this. And so this uh, series, Reflections, uh, we're going to be looking at how others have reflected on Jesus, on the truth of God in Christ, but, but more so, what is it calling us to do? You know, so often if we do not do this work, frankly, we create a Jesus um, in, uh, out of our own perspective, and you know, so often that Jesus does not demand much from us. The more we study what the Bible portrays um, as the truth of God in Christ, the more, frankly, it demands something from us. I'm really excited for this series. I want to invite you to join us next week. I think we're going to start with Matthew, as I remember. Uh, but today, on Mother's Day, um, have something really unique. You know, Mother's Day in any year is always just an, an ex- amazing, amazing day. And, you know, just in this morning alone, I, I was speaking with uh, Diane Hollenbeck, who just came back from Las Vegas after losing her mother and taking care of her estate. 
uh, Lindsay up here. This is, uh, she was playing the violin. This is her first uh, day back, but also um, as a mother, uh, Maddie's in the back, I think, or no, right over here. Yeah, this is Maddie's first day ever in church. Yeah. And I've spoke with some other people who, uh, you know, are, are grieving a loss. Some who are, uh, they're again, brand new mothers. And, and we have the whole gamut right here. And in any normal year, we try to reflect on that. But especially this year, we're coming off of this sermon series on um, the, the Babylonian exile and the diaspora. And we looked at Ezra and Nehemiah. Well, at the same time, the book of Esther was written. And there's this amazing concept that I think we, we uh, there's just so much there in uh, being called for such a time as this. And, and motherhood, 2020, 2021, such a time as this. Uh, so we put together, I'm hoping, a portrait for us of reflections on motherhood and date stamp right now. And I've asked, uh, worked with our, our amazing worship leader, April, uh, to, to kind of help, um, guided by her daughter, Audrey, in this journey to reflect on this year and Mother's Day and, and what it means. Uh, so I'm really excited to share this with you. How do you like my big sister? Double yes. <laughs> okay. It's pretty good. You're good at it, too. So that helps. Did you always want to be a mom? No, I did not always want to be a mom, but I am really glad that I am, especially because you and your brother are awesome. <laughs> what is the hardest thing about being a mom? Um, having to discipline. I don't like to do that. You don't like it either, do you? What is discipline? Discipline means like when you get grounded or you have to you know, not do something because you got in trouble. I don't like to punish you. I don't like it. But oh. I can't make you, can't raise you to be a bad person. So I can't let you get away with stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, and how much do I love you? Do you know? This whole entire room. This whole entire room? What about more than that? This whole entire building. Building? What about more than that? What about this whole entire world? Yes, plus some. Yeah. yeah, good job. That was a good interview, Audrey. <laughs> Try again. Thank you. So as soon as I got off the stage, my mask broke. So I've been balancing it on my ear this whole time, just waiting, like, come on, call my turn so I can take this thing off. Um, so yeah, I'm April. I'm the worship leader here. I mean, if you didn't notice already, I was singing up there a second ago. So, uh, and uh, this is, uh, I think I've, I've been here, you know, there's a little retreat there in the middle, but since 2013. And uh, it's uh, a wonderful church family. I, I look out here during the weeks and I usually see people I don't know. And it's not just because half your face is covered. It's because I actually don't know you. And so I, I would like to encourage you, uh, we talk about this every week, man, there's so many people I don't know, I wish I knew them and their story, and so, um, and also people online, sometimes I see names pop up that I, I'm like, I don't know who you are, but hey, I'm so glad you're here, and so if you would, go online and, and 
and uh, fill out the Connect card. We, would, we are kind of quirky and a little weird here, but we'll admit that right up front. So when we take you to coffee, just know that's what you're going to get. It's very transparent and just it is what it is. So, uh, but we would love to get to know you more. No strings attached, but if you'd connect with us, we, we would love to get to know you more. So, yeah, that was my daughter. There was a little bit more in there, so I, um, maybe we'll have to do an unedited version of that uh, interview because some things are kind of funny. And, uh, but a little bit about me. I've, I will be married 11 years at the end of the month. Um, yeah, we made it 10, you know, 10 was last year, and so that's something. I mean, you made it through last year, you make it through anything. And, uh, and we have two kids. I have Audrey's five, and uh, Barrett is one and a half. Um, and a couple of things about me, I love brisket. Uh, I love to cook it myself because I think I, I, yeah, I know. It's a very Texan thing to be, love and enjoy. I love full sugar Dr. Pepper, not the canned stuff. I like the glass bottle. I'm very snooty about that. I don't want to drink it from a can. It has to be from a glass bottle. Uh, I also love to exercise. I love the Dallas Cowboys, and everyone should. Closer, that's right. Phil, don't put thumbs down. No, no, no. It's a good thing. Um, I love the smell of fresh-cut grass and Tammy found me a Yankee candle that smells like fresh-cut grass. It's the best smell in the world. Um, I like King of the Hill TV show. Um, yeah, you know. And I like uh, fishing. I love manual labor. Yogurt Beach. Anybody else like Yogurt Beach in here? That's right. Yogurt Beach, I'm having it today because it's Mom's Day. So um, I love the satisfaction of detailing my own car, and I especially love scaring my own children. Especially love that. I got Audrey three times in like a matter of two minutes of the night. It was a record. It was amazing. Uh, so uh, today I'd just like to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms. And like Jean said, you don't have to have given birth to a child to be a mom. Uh, we'll talk more on that a little bit later. But, you know, Brian said how, you know, Esther is, she's a remarkable woman in the Bible. Um, you know, she was raised by her older cousin, Mordecai. Her parents were, had, had passed, and um, I don't know how. You know, if you need to know more theology about it all, ask Trevor and Brian later, because that's not my forte. But I love Esther. I love everything about Esther. But she was raised by her cousin. And, I mean, also, props to Mordecai, her cousin, for raising her, because uh, who would do that? You know, you're older. You're, you're, it's not your responsibility, but he did. So um, thankful for him. But as we look at Esther, and we also parallel that to mothers and motherhood, and, and not just that, but women in general who are mentors to children, um, there's, there is this famous scripture that we'll kind of talk about today, and that's for such a time as this. I don't think that um, the people that God puts in our lives are there by accident. I think he has something for us to either be there with them, walk beside them, speak truth and love to them. And uh, that's what many of the women in this church family have done for me, sometimes not even on purpose. Like, you'll just be, you don't even know that you've influenced me, and it's all just because of the way that you live your life for Christ. You maybe have never given me a single piece of advice, but I've just watched you as a woman, and I've been challenged and encouraged by who you are. And so, as we look at just a few women within this church family that I was able to interview over the last few weeks, um, in, one, in one group family, we have four generations that go, have been a part of this church family, um, all the way from little baby girl who's a year and a half 
to uh, a, a woman who's really a, a matriarch in her family. Um, we have a mom who is a great-grandma now, who raised six kids of her own, and five boys and one girl. One, her daughter is in the video with her. And then also the amazing Sprouts teachers. If you don't know, we have a Sprouts preschool, and it is wonderful, and I love those women. Um, and, and even Jeffrey, when he's there, <laughs> he's also he's the, the one guy in a, in a sea full of women. And uh, I love it when um, these women, we get to spend time with each other. We give each other a bad time, but they are some of the most incredible ladies uh, that we have here. And so because of Sprouts, though, I was asking Lindsay, they always do this Mother's Day thing. And because Audrey kind of gave a couple of answers for me, I want to tell you a couple of the kids' answers for their moms over there in Sprouts. Because, I mean, what's not cuter than a five-year-old, you know, four-year-old telling you about their mom? So this one little girl, Harper, thinks her mom is 16 years old. I mean, it's not, it's not far-fetched. I mean, but she, her mom's probably like, yes, thank you, sweetheart. That's so nice. Her favorite thing to do is help her mom cook. And my mom always laughs when I toot. I would too. Uh, this next this next little girl, Tinley, she thinks her mom is 19. My mom cooks the best normal cookies. I'm not sure what abnormal cookies are, but she only makes good normal cookies. Uh, my favorite thing to do with my mom is have alone time. That's sweet. Yeah. We have Zenden, who says that my mom is 65. Not sure that <laughs> mom's going to be very happy with that when she sees it today. Uh, my mom is funny when she says what is at our house but isn't at our house. I'm guessing that happens a lot. So uh, my favorite thing to do with my mom is play video games. And if I could buy her a gift, I would buy her a new Xbox controller. <laughs> and then this last one, Wyatt, actually he's a little guy who goes here. Uh, my mother is 13 years old. Uh, my mom's really good at doing workouts and making mac and cheese. My mom always laughs when I dance around and TikTok crazy. So, I mean, he's, he told me, actually, the, the thing is with Wyatt, he's going to be a YouTuber. That's his thing. So, whole other generation, right? So, uh, he, that's who he's going to be. But these, these kids that the Sprouts teachers get to invest in are remarkable. And I've told you that they're amazing. But over the course of this, you know, next couple of minutes or so, I want you to meet them and hear how amazing they are. So, we're going to break this up into three videos. And we're going to start with this first one. You start to kind of see what they've learned over this last year and what they're going to take away. What would have been nice to know over the last year before everything happened? I probably would have said, gosh, I should have bought more toilet paper. I think it would have been nice for me to know that it was going to happen because I would have visited my mom mm. a little more sure. right before because then she we got locked out of the facility that she's living mm. in, the place she's living. Right. So, yeah, it would have been nice to know that so I could have seen my mom a little more before that. Is there a specific way that you saw God at work, even though things were crazy over the last year? Did you, is there a time when you were like, he, he still has this. I know the world's crazy, but, you know, it's going to be okay. I think there was a lot of small blessings that, that came out, um, you know, just like we said, spending that extra quality time with our kids, um, you know, spouses even, if they were home for a little bit, um, 
not having a rat race schedule, but just being able to relax and know a little bit that we're not in control. I know for me personally, that was really a good lesson is to know that I'm not in control. I can't control every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And we just kind of had to let it go and, and let God. I think for me, I, um, you know, I think my faith helps me stay positive, no doubt, right? Um, being able to participate in singing, even if it's from my basement, right? That just makes you feel good. It makes you feel positive. I think reaching out and helping people who are in need, right? I mean, we were very fortunate to be able to not have to stop working. We worked from home. There were a lot of people who couldn't do that. And so anything that you could do to help someone else and to share just, you know, positive vibes with them, I think, you know, help to keep me in that positive mindset. A lot of dancing and music <laughs> really made us happy. Mm -hmm. And um, just playing again with each other in our house and, in, in, you know, outside. So just being playful again and remembering what it's like to play and do those old school type of um, forms of entertainment. Well, we, um adopted a third child through through this during this pandemic and definitely saw how it worked when we finally were able to go because we we actually had to get special requests from um the senators and, and the congress congress people leaders <laughs> um to um travel to taiwan because they they stopped travel and so special permission. I just felt like God's hand was in that, like allowing us to travel because we had waited. It was, you know, a delay because of the pandemic by like six months. And then finally we were able to go. And then Taiwan suddenly stopped travel. It was very, um, a great blessing for us too, because, uh, because of the COVID, Ryan and Jamie had to quarantine over there. And so they needed, they decided not to take Ben and Gracie with them. And so Mark and I moved into their house for a month, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we became, you know, grandparents raising grandchildren. We found out what that might be like. <laughs> and actually it was such a wonderful experience because we feel like we really know those kids now. Like we really see exactly who they are. Like you get to know somebody better when you live with them. And they're just, they're just so amazing. Yeah, I think for me, my quiet time has been really important for me in the morning. And like the kids will come in sometimes and I'll be like reading my Bible and, you know, highlighting or writing and then they get like their Bible out and <laughs> yeah, or they want to like color it and like, well, let's, let's not do it like that. But mom colors in her way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to, oh, it's all good. <laughs> Isn't it all given for inspiration? Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn maybe over this last year or really at any point that you hold on to or will hold on to? The closeness of, of my family, all my kids, my relatives. I mean, I couldn't see them, so I'm on the phone constantly with one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that I, that I, uh, that I miss a lot. But if I was to get ready, I would uh, visit everybody before it happened.
sent our kids out to somebody else's house, Jamie was like inviting another child to be in her home, which uh, that's crazy. So, <laughs> but she, she was, like she said, her children, I mean, they're a blessing. They're beautiful children. And, and, uh, and it's a wonderful thing that Kathy and, um, uh, Mark, we're able to spend that time with those kids. But, you know, one thing that you heard the mom say is is that it caused them to pause and slow down. Anybody else feel like that over this last year? You were forced to slow down. And, and as you were forced to slow down, it was a, a forcing to cut away kind of the extra and the fat that we had in our lives, the things that we didn't need. I remember at one point last year, Brian shared that, you know, isn't it funny how the economy struggles when we're not buying all that extra that we need, that we thought we needed? And uh, when we don't actually need it. And the moms also talked about just the time, the precious time to be able to hug and visit and, and be there with people. If we had known how many of us would have made an extra trip just really quick to go see those loved ones or ha- who would have hugged a little bit more. I, I know Julie, she even mentioned it wasn't in here, but that her little girl was born and maybe she just would have like let everybody, you know, meet her before we knew that we were going to be quarantined for however long. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not one right now that's wanting to look too much at the past, but mostly just take what I learned and move it forward, right? I don't have to be so busy. When I'm so busy, I miss out on opportunities to, to um, see the good and to see the amazing that's going on. And one, one thing that I think I certainly learned, and I hope that we all did, was that we need each other, right? Uh, as we've gone through this last year, we've realized, you know, God made us to be in relationship together. And it's been so wonderful to start to see different people start to show up here on Sunday mornings and, and to still see people sign in on, online. And uh, to know that technology is one amazing, beautiful resource that who knew was going to be such a precious thing when we're constantly on our phones and we're constantly doing these things. But that is actually what's kept us together. And I know my little guy has not met his grant, his great granny yet. And so it, that's something that we hope to do this year, but she, uh, she gets to see him on the phone and think about, you know, a few years ago, d- decade ago, that would not have been the case. She would still just be getting pictures in the mail. I don't even know if people understand that you can still do that at Walgreens. You can like send a picture. It's like 15 cents and, and you go pick it up two hours later. I did that this year for, for Christmas. I like mailed my parents pictures. I was like, what a vintage thing to do. Um, also, I use the mail, so that's another thing. Those things still exist. So um, anyways, <laughs> Pam, you crack me up. Um, but these things, you know, the little things in life, I hope that we've come to enjoy them a little bit more. And definitely the moms were speaking to that, how it's just some of the, the stuff that, um, you know, your quiet time and the way that you're being an example to your own kids, um, the Bible reminds us, you know, just speaking on relationships, how we need each other and how we don't all have the same gifts, right? In Romans, it says, for each of, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And I think it's so important for us to know, and we'll continue to talk about Esther in just a minute, but uh, in this next part, I asked the women who their mentors are or who they were, whatever. And I asked them the phrase even, it takes a village to raise a child. I and mean, we hear that, right? They, they say that. I don't know who they are, but if you ever figure out who they is, please let me know because there's some things I disagree with. Um, so we don't all have the same skills, but when we come together and lay down our pride and prepare ourselves to learn, 
uh, it can be a mind-blowing thing. So as we watch this next part, just listen to their answers and responses to some of these. So who has influenced you as a mom or a woman? Well, I'm going to tell you right now because Mama's sitting right next to me. <laughs> Not just because she's sitting next right. to me, but she's been a huge influence in my life. I mean, a lot of who I am today is a result of what I've seen her live through her own life, right? And so she's been an example for me to follow. Um, again, doing my own thing, but um, just the experiences that she's been through has been a huge influence in my life and where I'm at today. Yeah. And she didn't just say that because you're sitting there. No, <laughs> I, I didn't. she would say it even if you weren't here. Yeah. yeah. My mom was always very hardworking. And I mean, there was eight of us, and then she worked in the fields. And so um, I, and she worked almost all her life. And so she never gave up. And that's one thing that I learned about her, is never give up. Who influenced me the most was my own mother. And I have to say that, hands down, she's the best mom in the world, and I'd say that. But I mean, my mom, did all kinds of things that were so selfless. And I can remember somebody saying something to me about you know, time or what their kids did for them. And I'm like, did my mom ever, did I ever hear my mom say she needed anything other than go do the dishes? But, <laughs> but I mean, she, I never heard her actually like think of herself. It was always just us and what we needed. And she was just so committed to that. And I remember so many times the stories that she read, the meals she cooked, the chore charts, the, you know, just on and on the things she did, the dresses that she sewed. I mean, my mom did some of everything. Well, I think there, there's definitely, oh, I'm going to get it. But there's something about grandma and, you know, and my grandma was probably my, my person other than my mom, but, um, and so she passed away from cancer when I was 15, but um, she's just a huge influence and also influence in my spiritual um, life. So, um, yeah, so it's, I think grandmas are important <laughs> for sure. Um, for me, it was my neighbor. Like, I became a mom around my neighborhood. I wasn't next to my own mother when I was a mom. So I kind of watched what my neighbors did, where she took her ch children to school, you know, how she hustled and bustled, you know, what kind of things they were doing, how she ran her house. So um, being a new mom and a new wife in a new neighborhood, I was just kind of like uh, watching my neighbors and making relationships with them to see how, how they handled being a parent. Well, I'd say the village my kids were raised in, Jamie could speak to that for sure, and Julie for sure, is that our church, mm -hmm. the youth group, the, you know, the many, the many um, people that gave up time to serve the youth. I think of Cindy Presser, who's mm -hmm. one of my really good friends. And I mean, she, there were times when my son would, <laughs> he would call her and talk to her about girl problems that he wouldn't tell me. But at one point, he said to her something about something, and she goes, well, then who would you like to marry? And who would you like to date? He said, I'd like to date Jamie. And then 
Cindy said, well, then date her. <laughs> and I'm glad you listened. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> so the church, but, but really, my kids loved to be at church. And sometimes when they weren't always getting along with maybe us as adults or whatever, but they had these other adults that would give them advice and mentor them. So I think it was really important, I think, and it's important to get your kids involved in. Absolutely. Yeah. I think my mom's a saint. I mean, having six kids, one right after the other, I think of the two that I have, Amen. five and a half years <laughs> apart, <laughs> right? And I just think, I don't know how she did it. See, I couldn't, I couldn't triple that number. No. Okay with it. No. And, and it did. I mean, it took a village to raise, you know, to raise us as kids, especially as, you know, there were six of us. And, uh, so yeah. And mom worked full time. And I know with mine, I mean, same thing, you have a very close knit, both family and community. Right. And we always wanted to make sure we knew who our neighbors were. Um, you know, because they are part of the eyes and ears when you're not there and watching out for your kids. We have a neighbor, Chris Gilman, um, and Josh, her son, um, she adopted him from India and he's like my own child, right? I mean, our kids grew up together and we watched out for each other. And so, you know, having those people who are, who have been a part of your life that aren't necessarily blood family, but they're still family, right? And, uh, and how you've always watched out for each other. So uh, these women are talking about who, you know, influenced them as moms. And I think probably everyone in this room, even dads, you've watched people that have kind of taught you how to be in this role. And uh, for me, my, my mom and I aren't super close. And so some people in this room, you might, you might relate to that. Um, it's not because my mom was a bad mom. My mom had... Um, a really, really, really tough childhood. And she grew up in a home that had, uh, you know, an alcoholic um, dad, and it was an abusive type of thing. And so when she had kids and she was out of the house, it was, she was in recovery, really. You know, I think about that as an adult now. I might have been frustrated with things when I was growing up, but um, she didn't really know how to be a mom. She didn't have any mom examples. I mean, her, her grandma, but she didn't live with them all the time. And so she had somewhat, but she was hurting her you know her spirit was broken and as an adult I know that you know we didn't have a great relationship but I also see my mom now invested in her church and her church family and, and speaking truth into those girls that God puts around her and I'm not saying she's making up for it I just think she's making the most of it you know what I mean and and thankfully I had some women um, during that time, because I mean, I was terrible. I mean, it's not like I was easy to raise either. I was horrible. I mean, I people wanted to take me home and whoop me. I, they were like, "I'll just take her. Let me go straighten her out." Because <laughs> I was horrible. I was. I mean, it's typical redheaded temper, and and I just didn't know how to you know speak and use my words. And um, but I had these these moms, these bonus moms, if you will, who uh, came alongside me, and and most of them who came alongside me and. Really really invested in my, you know, middle school through high school years and still call me their baby girl today. Uh, they didn't even have kids when they started investing in me. And it's so, it was very interesting. One of them, I could have swore I was adopted because she had red hair and she sang and nobody in my whole family has red hair. I thought, are you sure that you're, I mean, that's just, I'm just saying we get along a lot better, but it's not true. 
So, um, <laughs> but each mom uh, that helped raise me is, you know, why I'm here today and able to control my temper and to use my words and to be, you know, in the position that I am because I do believe that we are in you know, each place that we're at for a time and a season. And, you know, Ecclesiastes talks about that. But Esther specifically, she didn't know that she, that her parents would die and that her cousin would raise her. And then she would be, you know, in front of the king someday replacing the current queen because he was like, I like you better. You're super pretty and I want you to be mine. And she's a Jew, which should never have happened and then fast forward, and then there's a time for her to step up and really be brave. And I asked these women also about just what does that verse where Mordecai, her uncle, and the Jews are going to be killed. And because this bad dude Haman is like, I don't like Mordecai, but I'm just going to kill all the Jews. And uh, Mordecai tells Esther, it goes to her, and he's like, look, you basically are our only hope. You are queen. It's not by accident that you're queen. And I know it's super scary, but if you don't help us, if you don't speak up, we're all going to die. You're probably going to die too, right? It's like it's inevitable. So you just need to buck up, basically, go in front of the king, and I think it's going to be okay. So I asked these women, what is this? Who knows that you're here, but for such a time as this, what does that verse mean to them? And what would they teach a younger person if they heard? were to tell them this verse. This is from Grandma's Bible, Grandma Dorothy, um, and it is marked up. I don't know if you can all see that. And this is actually underlined, so I'm gonna read it. Um, and it's from Esther 4.14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Um, but you and your family will perish, and who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Uh, what does Esther 4.14 mean to you? So for me, um, Esther 4.14 means that, um, you know, God's given you a voice um, to speak for yourself and that um, you need to use that voice right? That that's the reason that he gave it to you and not to be, not to allow yourself to be influenced by other people um, in maybe what they think, right? That, that use it for good, right? To take care of your family, to, you know, take care of yourself, whatever you need to do. But I mean, it's, it's, God has given you a voice and he's given, and he's prepared you. And, you know, like we talked earlier, it's either he's, he's either prepared you for that moment or prepared you to leave that moment, right? To know, to really, discern what you need to do in that moment. I, th I think for me, I like, I think of the hard things in life that you go through and how they grow you and prepare you for things later in your life. And so um, I think it would be like a word of encouragement in those hard times of like, you know, the verse talks about you've been prepared for such a time as this, but that means there was preparing that happened for that time. And so just a reminder of like, um, how God can use that and bringing beauty from ashes and um, the growth that can happen in those hard times for that time in the future that you don't know. Yeah. Um, well, that's like I have an older daughter and I'm always telling her, you have a huge role. Yes, your brothers and sisters copy you and annoy you, but your role right now is to influence. Like, 
you influence them so much and you have so much like um, opportunity to, to teach them more than I do because they totally look up to you as an older sister, as a friend. So um, take this time and really try and you know build up younger people around you because um, you have the power to do great things and just recognize that power right now. Recognize it and do something great with it. Even if it's just uh, a small gesture of like, hey, did you see how I did that? I noticed you were also trying, you know, great job. Or, hey, let's try it this way. Or when the next time you make friends, you know, introduce yourself, you know, in this way. Like, so, so there's things that she's doing that um, can totally influence her younger siblings in a, in a really positive way. So I'm always making sure she knows that she's kind of in, a, in the spotlight and sure. people are watching. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. And I would say just to tell, tell my kids, my, you know, I have two boys that listen for God's calling and to seek that out because you don't know what that's going to be. Um, you know, we don't know what we're going to be called to do and that we have to be brave sometimes even when it's out of our comfort zone or we're not going to grow in, you know, in our relationships, you know, in our relationship with him. And, um, you know, Esther was obviously very uncomfortable in doing something that she was scared, scared to do. And, you know, but sometimes we just have to, we just have to trust God and have that blind faith and know that, that he's got us in this. I agree. I tell my kids all the time, there's a lot of times you have to do things that are uncomfortable. And you never know when you do something and step outside your box who you're going to help or what are you going to do. So, you know, don't live in fear. You never know what's going to, you know, like you said, maybe a small thing that someone sees that you do could change someone's life. So, you know, trust in God. Don't live in fear. Get out of the box. Try something new. women were, uh, they had so much more to say, but we can't show all of it. And frankly, uh, you know, I could talk for hours, but I'm supposed to not talk until your stomach growls. So I'm going to stop soon. Uh, but, you know, just to leave you with this today, and, and we'll close with this song here in a few minutes. But I, I believe this scripture, I've tattooed it on my foot. It was super painful, but now I remember that I'm here for such a time as this. In this space today, where I'm at. So I'm not just talking to moms today who have had kids, and I'm not just talking to women, but also men and young guys and, and even kids, that as you grow, you are here for such a time as this. And like Julie said, it's like he's preparing you each step of the way, everywhere you go and everything that you do. And so I would challenge you this week to not just, you know, hustle and bustle through your day, like here's my list, I have to go, 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 and stay, you know, focus on that. But think about, you know, tomorrow morning as you're driving to work, um, is there someone that you should give a call to and say, you know, um, I just am praying for you and I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here for you. If there's somebody that, um, you know, you've seen that's been hurting, ask them how you can help them. Or if there's a time when you need to do the next right thing, like Anna says in Frozen 2, do the next right thing, you know. God has put us in a spot to, to be a voice and to be brave. And I think, you know, we've, we've been isolated over this last year. We have to remind ourselves what that means to step up. And um, I'm going to ask Brian to come up and pray over the women today. But if you've got a lady sitting next to you that you think is pretty neat and pretty special, 
um, in your own household group, just put your hand on their shoulder today or hold their hand while we do this closing prayer. And or if you have a mom that is not with us anymore, you know, maybe she's with Jesus, uh, during this prayer, thank God that you had those moments with her. Or if you have a sister or, uh, you know, someone who's been a mother figure in your life, thank God for them. And during this last song, it's okay if you text during the song, as long as you're doing it for a good reason. Uh, you know, don't do it for a bad reason. But if somebody's not with us in this space today, maybe you want to send them a text during the last song and say, you know, thank you for, for what you mean to me in my life. Um, I don't think we can say thank you enough and encourage one another enough. And so as we do this last, uh, do this prayer over our women here, uh, we'll sing this last song, Choose. And I pray that that's what we'll do is we'll choose to love him. You know, it's um, what an amazing gift to watch. April over the years. I think she was actually one of the first people I met when I moved to the Tri-Cities and uh, she gave me my orientation at um, Tri-City Court Club, which is now the Pacific Clinic. She was a um, she was a, a physical trainer back then and we got to talking and I had just moved here. I knew nothing about anybody. And uh, she was telling me that she was a worship leader and I was like, well, why aren't you here at this church? And uh, it was neat to watch God through that, but also uh, as she has received a call to motherhood and watching her grow into that ministry and how um, none of us saw what an amazing mother that April would be. And I'm just so proud of her on so many levels as, as our worship leader, as a friend, uh, and as at a, a partner in, in the staff, but also to, to watch her grow into motherhood, to see her with her kids. It's been an amazing, amazing gift. Every night I call my own mom. Uh, mom's ill, and it's been a really hard year, especially in isolation. And, uh, you know, I think back over the years, just the, the huge, huge influence that she was uh, for me. We would go off. Uh, she had a she took time off from uh, teaching. She had a master's degree in English and language arts. And uh, she uh, would, would really pour into me um, on so many levels. Education, she was my first Bible scholar. Uh, taught me to read before I think I was in kindergarten. But then we would go off to um, the cabin together. Uh, Dad would, that was before um, families just had one car apparently back then. And so he'd like leave us at our cabin, um, and then he'd go back to, to work through the week, and, and we'd be stranded, <laughs> which was awesome. And, and just, you know, the, the moments I get to spend with her uh, and thinking back at how much she took care of me and nurtured me, and, and just motherhood is such a call. And it's an opportunity to experience love on an entirely new level. I was struck by so many things that these women said, and that urgency of, you know, if I would have only known, uh, I would have spent more time. Um, I think it was Kathy Brault said um, when she and Mark went to Jamie and Ryan's uh, house to, to take care of the kids when they went to, um, to, um, uh, off to, to, to adopt their newest child, and, and she said, you know, to be able to live in their home to get them on a newer level. And I thought, what, what an amazing, amazing analogy for God in Christ. That, you know, God, to, to get to know us, became one of us and spent time with, with us and, and able to understand us and care for us on an entirely new level. 
And I think, what a, what a beautiful metaphor for God's love and, and, and the yearning that God has for all of us. And like April said, not everyone's had uh, an amazing mother. But we have the opportunity to mirror that love and to experience that love of God and, and to share it with others. And as we end with this time of blessing, uh, I want, as April said, if we can direct our attention to, to a mother around us and we, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of love, for the gift of relationship, for the gift of life. As we look back on this year and the ways that you have continued to show your face and envelop us with your Holy Spirit, nurturing us along the journey. We thank you for these women who have such a similar call. We have been blessed beyond measure by the call with the opportunity. And as we go into the future, such a time as this, there's so much need, there's so much yearning for these characteristics of motherhood, the nurturing, the love, the presence. Help us to seize the moment. As April said, the past is past. Help us to live into the future. Help us to live into the possibilities that you bring in with every single baby that we can nurture, that we can share love, and that we can reflect the love that has brought us into this world to bring hope, to bring newness, to bring your kingdom. In your son's name, we ask a blessing on these women. Amen.